Hey, this is Karen, Coach's Corner Chats, and on the episode today, I have Lee Cosgrove. Lee, where are you at, and what are you up to? Um, I'm currently at a club called Elston Park in uh, Leicestershire, uh, in England. Um, we've been there for three seasons now, I think. So the third season, my team is currently playing the under-17 age group, um, but they are under 16 teams so we're kind of playing a year up um, for the first time so we've jumped up an age group to, uh, to to challenge the players so that's where we are at the minute just that single team doing it at the minute um, so yes that's what we're where we're at is at what level is the top team in like in England soccer the, at, at my club yeah uh, they're in what they call like uh, step six, which is obviously non-league. Um, well, the pl- the players get play, uh, paid, um, and they have something like between a hundred and three hundred people come to watch them weekly or fortnightly. So um, a good standard to play around. If I say the Midlands area. They play in like the Leicester, Nottingham and Derbyshire League. So a good standard uh, and the first team are currently top of that division doing doing very well at the minute. So um, yeah, it's a good, it's a growing club. Um, very successful in the Leicestershire area uh, through all the age groups. And the, the, the adults team now or the first team are starting to progress higher. So um, with plans to go higher. So they're, they're doing okay. It's a good, it's a good level. Um, and something probably for, for my players to aspire to uh, or beyond. Um, but yeah, something that we can kind of, it's within touching distance or reach of, for them. Um, there's still a good step to get there. So they've still got some work to do if they want to kind of get there. But a good level to, to, to get to if they, if they manage that, some of the players. Are you from the Leicestershire area? Is that where you were born and raised? Um, yes, yes. Born and bred. Um, and been here for 54 years so um, yes I know the area well um, so yeah brought up in Leicester and um, so yeah but, and just at Elston Park with my team I started my football career um, back when it was black and white in 1978 because um, the club's 50, 51 years old 52 years old so uh, back in the 70s, they only had under 11 age groups. Um, it didn't go down to what they do now under seven. So the earliest you could play was like as a 10 year old in under 11. So I started my career there some, how many years is that? Is that 44 years ago? <laughs> I've kind of gone full circle now and I'm back to my boyhood club. What is it like to have gone that full circle? Like, what was it? What was it like then versus what it is now? Yeah, wow. Um, well, they're now they're now a new. They're about half a mile away from the home that they were before um, in the seventies. But I mean, football, football, youth football was a different game back in those days. Um, I mean, we literally, as ten-year-old kids. Uh, played on full-size pitches. There was none of this five-a-side, seven-a-side, nine-a-side. You were put on a full-size pitch um, that the men played on. Um, so 
you can imagine what type of player that uh, they looked for back in those days and what kind of training you, you'd be at. If you could kick the ball hard and high, you were a god. Um, none of this technical stuff. And I mean, some of the bog, boggy pitches we played on um, back in those days. But um, yeah, I mean, since then, them days, the club's grown massively. Um, and youth football has since then. But um, yeah, I remember just uh, just being really cold, wet, uh, kits that seemed to wear a ton, oversized for me, always. Um, but uh, yeah, just yeah, it was enjoyable. I remember the club. Um, I mean, uh, they tout this for quite a lot, but uh, Gary Lineker, you've heard of Gary, Gary Lineker, mm-hmm. England's uh, third top goal scorer. He, he played at Elston Park as well, so um, that's their thing. So it's changed massively. Um, and yeah, just football in general from then has just changed so much. Like they did. I mean, we talk about coaching, but coaching, I don't know what type of coaching I got back then. Um, it wasn't like we're getting these days. Um, but yeah, still, so still going strong. So it's good to be, it's, 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 it's weird how it came about because I, my team was at another club in Leicester called OBLs from under sixes to under 14s, I think. So we ended up moving to this Elston Park. So that was my going going back. Um, it wasn't deliberate, just Elston Park. For me, I've got the best facilities, uh, pitches, floodlights, 3G, just great. You know, it's a great football club itself. So uh, we went there for the the development of our players because we want to play good football and the, the Elston Park pitches are uh, facilities are fantastic so yeah it was a bit of a weird one going back there they're totally different people there now So, but it's still the same club I tell you what it was up until last season or the season before it was the same chairman the chairman did 50 years I think he did so Bob Stretton his name was um, CBE or MBE but uh, he did 50 years there so he, he was part of the reason why I went back to the club because I was in dialogue with him. So um, he won't remember me from uh, 50 years ago, but I remember him. So uh, he's just he's just hung up his boots, shall we say, as chairman. Um, so yeah, he's one of the reasons why we went there. But he built a good club. What is soccer? You hear about soccer in England being almost like a religion. Was that something, even before you got to that U11 opportunity to play, was it something that you were always constantly doing or was it just something you kind of fell into? Um, I mean, back in them days, yeah. I mean, football was the, the big... Uh, back in them days, all the kids played outside, which they don't do now, but all mm-hmm. the kids where I live, we all played outside every single night. And generally, football was the main one. We played, we had school teams. We had school teams before under 11s, I think. So we played at school at break, at dinner times, and then you'd come home and you'd play different games at night. Um, not always football, but generally football. And then down the park, Saturdays and Sundays, it was just, well, for me, for me, it was. It was just everything that you did. It was always the thing you wanted to do. And it was just your favourite sport. But so many, I mean, loads of people play football now, but. I don't think there's a street football like there, there used to be then, um, where back in those days, all the kids on your, we're going to call it an estate or street, they all played different age groups. You know, it was all mixing with the big kids, 
um, which taught you a lot uh, back in them days to um, the physicality of it. So we, we all got mixed up in different age groups, bigger kids, smaller kids. And um, I mean, I just I just thought the whole world played football back in them days, um, you know, and there wasn't it wasn't the football saturation that you see on the TV now. There wasn't much live football on there. So you, you just played, everybody just played football. That's just that's just how it was in them days. It was just, and my brother played as well. I've got an older, a year, year older, my brother Austin, he played as well. We played at Elton Park. And um, yeah, we just, that's what we did. You, you, you were your best mates, we just played football from, until we got shouted in to go to bed or have a bath. Maybe have a bath, split the uh, split the evening up. But um, those were the days, I think. Great days. Now, did you stay at Elston all the way through, like your teen years? No, um, I kind of. Um, we played for under 11s, under 12. There wasn't under 12s in them days. I think. I think you jumped under 13s. So I played there, and then I don't know why. I think I left to go and play with my mates uh, in my where I lived in a place called Oadby. So there was an Oadby house back in them days. So I went to there on the four teams uh, and kind of played through there. And then um, probably about 17 started playing men's football from that age group. Probably went to under 18s, I think. Um, but then you kind of went to men's football. Um, so uh, yeah, Elston Park was for about three years. And then that was it up until recently. But played against them and over the years for different age groups and men's football as well. So, um, but yeah, a few, few years there. But there weren't so many clubs around in them days. There's, there's hundreds of football clubs now, um, but there wasn't in them days. As you got older, did you have aspirations to play like professionally or even beyond? Um, or was there a point in your playing days that you started thinking, you know what, maybe I'd like to try this coaching gig? Um, I think I think every young kid at that stage thought they, were, they all wanted to be a professional footballer. Uh, and, it, and in them days, it, it certainly wasn't for the money because I, I don't think they wanted silly money. It was just, you know, you wanted to be a, a professional footballer so you could play football every day. I think it was as simple as that. Um, and I, I, I was okay, but um, there was players, there was players that um, I was okay, but I was never good enough to be um, a professional. And I probably kept wanting to be a professional for many years, but um, I don't, I don't know what year I'd kind of realised that this is not going to happen. Um, but we just, I just then played, enjoyed playing football, and just tried to play the best, of, you know, the best level I could, but. I was a good way short of being professional. Um, and as for the coaching, the coaching or managing, if we're going to split the two things up, managing and coaching. The managing came when I was about 22, 23. And that was really just a case of, I wanted things to be done properly. Um, just in more organization than, than coaching. So I wasn't doing any coaching, it was just organizing things like that. Because I think whoever was in charge, I think my first mentee, I just didn't do it properly, I don't think. So um, I quite liked, you know, being involved and maybe having some ideas put forward. But at that, at that level, the kind of team ran itself and everybody had a chip in to see with their ideas and how the team should play and whatever. So it was, a, it was basically collect subs, 
wash the kit uh, and make sure you had enough players. So that was managing back then. Uh, no, no coaching as such. Um, it was just getting people there and, and and trying to do our best. So, how did you go about becoming a manager? How did you take that step to be able to say, "Hey, I think I can run things a little bit better" and get your foot in the door without <laughs> like pushing uh, people maybe the wrong way? Um, well, I mean, a lot of the, the first manager's role was like we, we you know, pubs. You know what a pub is. But you, you had there was hundreds of pub teams back then, um, so every every pub in the village seems to have a, a pub team. So that was the first team, a team called the White Horse that was in Oakbury, and I think another lad was running it. But I think he was um, I think he was spending the money in the subs elsewhere, uh, maybe down the bookies or something, and not not where he should have been paying pitch fees and stuff like that. So I think it was a case of he had to come out and we had to do it properly because. I think at one stage we got kicked off our pitch because he hadn't paid the pitch. You have to pay the council for the pitches. So I think um, that was that. So it wasn't by just a case we needed, we just needed to be organised. And I wanted my football to be organised and make sure it, it carried on. So that sense of responsibility, I suppose. Um, but it was it was no desire to be any sort of coaching. It was just an organiser, shall we say. So more of a manager than, than coaching. So then, at what point do you make that transition from kind of overseeing things to then taking on planning sessions and running and actually coaching? Um, well, I, I I played all for many years, and then um, so not managing for years, just playing, um, playing to like there was this, a thing called the senior league. I played a few years in senior league. Uh, then I had a bad knee injury kind of drop down a little bit to to the level I could play because of my physicality with my knee. Um, and then again, the village that I live in now, I started managing their team at uh, about 32, something like that. And that's really when we're going to call it coaching uh, started. And that was just trying to make the sessions enjoyable and a bit of variety in there. I've not done any coaching badges at that stage, official coaching badges. And then they weren't, it wasn't a requirement. Anybody could anybody could run the teams at that level. So you didn't need any coaching badges. So it's just about making it enjoyable and doing things different, doing, doing I'm going to call them drills, but doing drills that I'd learn. I was fortunate enough to play for a team where the manager was an ex-professional. They played for Leicester City. So he always kind of remember what he used to do with us and what they did. I mean, looking back now, it was some of the stuff was mainly running and strength stuff and and all sorts of that. So you kind of take a little bit of what you remember from there. And then obviously YouTube was a bit about then, I think. I can't remember. But just trying to find stuff and trying to make it interesting and kind of just, you know, it wasn't... I wouldn't say it was related to how the team played back then. It was more about just keeping it interesting and getting people fit as such. So that started about 32, that was. So that was this, the start of what I thought was a coach, but I wasn't then. I don't think I was far from it. So you mentioned the coaching badges and such. When did you decide that maybe I need to go and start taking some of those courses? Um. Well, that started once I've got my lad. It's my lad's team that I run now. So once he once he was born, 
uh, I was just hoping that he was into football. So um, I forced him into football, basically, and said, you're going to like football. And um, we kind of went along as a, I think it's four or five, he went along to a club called OBLs. And um, he kind of got on and enjoyed it. And then when they get to, they don't have teams under sixes, but under six, it's then that's then when the parents start to run the sessions for the club. They have like a Saturday morning academy. And uh, I knew the chairman at the club, so he'd already twisted my arm and told me I was going to be running some of the sessions on a Saturday morning. Uh, and then when in, in England, if you, if it's like a charter standard club, if you want to be a manager, a coach, you have to do a level one. So in readiness to take on the under seven team, I did the, the, the level one coaching badge as that. And that really from there, although that wasn't a great experience, I will admit, the level one, that was the start of um, the coaching journey, shall we, the official coaching journey. What, what was it about that experience? Not necessarily the bad part, but what was it about the good part that got you like, oh, I need some more of this and I enjoy this? Well, I mean, I think we're going to call it now the old level one because I think it's all changed on online. So the old level one, they had some great games on there, some great drills, shall we say, you know, and just seeing them pan out and and you, you just open your eyes up to different practices and stuff like that. Some of them are fantastic, quite quite simple, but you could still use them now to a good level, but you just add bits in there and, and bring them on so seeing them and the organization and stuff like that just kind of you know it just kind of opened your eyes up and you thought okay i can do this little instead of it all being line drills and stuff like that it was um some great games on there um just trying to think some of the names but find a friend and well, people know what that means but some great drills on there and that was kind of the opening to then take back to your club and use within your club and I was still doing men's football then, coaching then, so that was kind of the one just thought, you know, I quite enjoy this. Um, the bad side, the, not the bad, the, the, I'm not going to say his name, but the, 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 the tutor, and I think loads of people say the courses can be made or broken by the tutor that you get. Um, and the tutor on there, I think he'd like kind of got the um, that he, he wasn't doing a high level course because he wasn't allowed and he went through the emotions a little bit and I think we kind of butted heads a little bit because I was asking he told me I was asking too many questions which um but I was just curious so I was asking too many questions and he just didn't look like he'd got any enthusiasm for it um loads of the coaches on there I still see some of them now were great but he just looked like he just didn't want to be there and he wanted to be somewhere else so that kind of um Put me off, not put me off a little bit, but it was a bit disappointing. Uh, and then, along just as I did the level one, we had a thing called the, the youth modules. I don't know whether you've ever heard of them, but the youth modules. These were like the level one and the level two were the FA courses were quite aimed at more at the older age groups back then. But the youth modules were brought in. I think they were quite new then, and they were aimed at like the younger thing, the younger age groups. And I did my youth module one straight after my level one and my youth module two with a chap called John Griffiths. Now, John Griffiths, I think the last thing I know he's doing, he was doing the England under 17 women's teams. He was an absolute fantastic coach. And like, it was wow, 
this was, this was, that's what I want to be. That's that's coaching. He was, it was him that like started the, the fires burning, shall we say? Um, some of the, he was, he wasn't going rogue. But he uh, he was bringing some drills in himself or adapting drills that were just just endless of progressions and you know how they just he built them up. He was an absolute fan, and he ended. He ended up going up obviously to he's now an FA coach. So having him was the, the, the thing that when now that's what a coach should be. That's you know, you when I mean people who was on there with him, you had to think carefully when you put your hand up to ask a question because you had to make sure it was a good question and it was on topic. <laughs> I said, um, he won't he won't have you, but you'd have to he would acknowledge his knowledge was unbelievable. Knowledge of of how the brain worked and how people learnt and it wasn't just drills and stuff like that. He had the overall package and he, he, he inspired me to, to say that's 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 who I want to be like and that's why that's what I consider to be a coach. Um, so he was he was fantastic. What what you mentioned uh, kind of pushing your son into playing soccer, what have you? What has been that experience of coach uh, coaching your own son? Ooh, well, I mean, do you do what? Have you got son yourself that you coach? Yes, I've had. I have two boys and and a daughter. I've coached all three. Right. Okay. Well, this is common ground for you then, in common knowledge. Yes. Um, an absolute roller coaster of all sorts of emotions. I mean, it's now been 12 years, 10 years, all sorts of, you know, when in them early days when it's cold and they haven't got the right gear on, they're crying, they want to go. They don't seem to be interested sometimes. They haven't got the enthusiasm, but we kind of get through that stage. And then just, I mean, it's been fantastic. I must say it's been a, a fantastic and, and our relationships so much better for that for that process that we've done but it's got better the last few years but them early years of, um, of trying I mean I think my lad's a good footballer and um, so he's kind of thankfully I would say that as he's got better I've, I've stayed with him and he's kept me at a, the team I've managed to coach at a good level and I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure how how I would feel if he wasn't if he wasn't very good, I don't know. I don't know whether I'd continue to do that. I don't know whether that's the wrong thing to say, but I've been fortunate. I think he's a good player. Um, but yeah, we've, we, well, we've, we've, we've tested each other over the time, especially as when results have kind of come into it um, and um, things have he's either made mistakes or whatever. Um, but. I mean, we've won and lost together. It's, you know, it's a fantastic experience. Uh, I'd like to say we've won more than we've lost, but um, you know, it's it's been it's been testing at times, but fantastic most of the other time. I've really enjoyed it. I mean, the, that Miles, his name is, he's uh, he's probably been taken off and been put sub more times than any other player, just because he's the coach's son. And it's well, you know, sometimes it's easier to do that. Uh, and you beat yourself up for that, but just sometimes you, it's easier to do that than bring somebody else's son off who's going to moan at you afterwards. And that's why he took my son off. Um, so I take my lad off. But he knows he knows the rules. My son is that uh, he's been good, and um, and he still loves football. So hopefully he's enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed it. 
is it is it hard at times even like after the after the game when you get in the car to kind of take break away from coach mode and become dad mode how do you balance that uh kind of piece i think i think as, as he's got to understand the game more we probably talk about the more technical side of it the more detailed side not the emotional side of it but i think in the in the formative years when he's not understood and my emotions have you know and he's not understood some of them are an interesting journey shall we say some quiet ones we've had some uh, quiet ones <laughs> over the time and um but yeah i think that i think that they can be tough but now i think it's far more informed now my son watches and picks up a lot of stuff and he knows the game and he knows how we want to play and you know we're talking there so it's more of a more of a tactical kind of talk now um he's normally on his phone not interested so it's me that's doing the talking but it's some kind of sort of um chat just to calm me down or just get things off my chest but he listens and, and he has an input but he, i mean if you've had three you've had some interesting journeys over the time it's um it's got better with time i think you know when to, to say something um, and I think as he's got emotionally older, he doesn't he doesn't carry the football on. So he gets disappointed with himself sometimes if he's made a mistake. But um, yeah, we're pretty good now. And I, I, I like to talk. I like to talk with him. He kind of understands the game as well. So he, he picks the things up that I think. And and it's good sometimes he gives you that on the pitch. You know what you what we don't feel sometimes or see. He can tell you that. You know, and I go, well, I, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, I thought we were doing this or we were comfortable or we knew they were going to score or just something like that. So it gives you another, another bit of information from the pitch uh, that we didn't get. So, um, but we're good, we're good. We never fall out anymore, not now. You mentioned earlier the, the difference between being at the club and now coaching again and how coaching has changed, the players are different. Even mentioning your son being on a phone, you talked about YouTube. How how much of an impact has having access to YouTube and Twitter and some of these social media platforms been for you and your coaching? Well, I think it was, I mean, Twitter's, I think I've been on Twitter five, five years or, so, or something. Um, so I think YouTube was fantastic when you first started um and and checking things out and watching i think it's been a massive help to me you know when you want some inspiration or just trying to get some fresh ideas it's been it's been good um so that i think that was the original starter for me of finding things out that i couldn't see elsewhere um i've always been one that's gone to watch other coaches i love observing other coaches so I've always gone out there to find other stuff as well. Um, so YouTube has been really helpful. Obviously, the courses that you do have been really helpful and learning stuff from there as well. Um, and doing a variety of courses. Um, I've, I've done a few different courses, not just the FA ones. So they've been really helpful finding things out. And then, yeah, Twitter. Again, Twitter's been very helpful. And... Um, not just just for we're going to call them drills again but drills but just connections with people and 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 you know meeting people not even meeting them but just connecting with people um 
you can see so much stuff on there, it's, it's untrue. So it, it can't not be of a help, but sometimes it can be too much. You see too much going on and you can't see the wood for the trees. So you, I think as you get more experience, you, you can watch something on Twitter and you go, no, I don't think so. Or, oh, that looks interesting. I think I can uh, borrow that, shall we say. Um, so it's been a massive help for coaches, I think. Definitely must be. Uh, certainly been a help for me with that. And I just, sorry, I think, I think with, with that as well, I think that's given you, and not only just um, the Xbox games, FIFA, is it? I think the kids are so much more aware now, um, visually watching, being understanding the game. I don't think they're played in nowhere near the hours that I've played by that age, um, actually playing the game, but they're more aware of, of the, the tactics and things like when we were kids, there weren't tactics. It was kick it long and do what you can, chase the ball down. But I think they're more aware of tactics now. So it's definitely, they've become more aware of football and it's, it's how it's played. And it certainly helped us as coaches if we can it. You can get saturation point, but I think it's been helpful, I should, I should say. Have you always been this, like a curious type person, even as a youngster, you talked about, I asked a lot of questions to the point where the one instructor is like, all right, that's enough, Lee. Um, and then you had to be really picky about when to ask for the other instructor, like what questions to ask. But it sounds like you're always constantly grabbing for, oh, I could use that. Like even talk about the Twitter example, like I kind of like that, or I might be able to use this. Have you always been, even as a youth and just kind of going up, always been kind of curious and always that one kid that's always like, hey, wait a minute, what if? Yeah, I think, I think, I think I love football. I love football. Um, and then once you've kind of opened that box of coaching of how it works, you kind of, you want to know more. Now, I know plenty of coaches that have done their level one and gone, that's it, that's enough, I've got what I need. But I've always felt that I want to know more for my, my knowledge, my understanding. Um, some of it you want to be you want to kind of rise, rise yourself up and prove that you, you can be a good coach. Um, so getting good information from there. Uh, a lot of it's been, I've always worked on, if I'm a good coach, the better coach I am, I'm hopefully more I'm going to help my son. But I think it's just, you just the more you know, the more you want to know. I think it's just that's within you as a person, whether that's football or that might be music for some people, people so searching for music or all sorts. If it's your passion, I think you want to know more, don't you? And you want to be find out more. And then as you, as you open one door, then something else appears, and then that appears, and it's just curiosity to kind of do that. And, and the question, the questions is for understanding. If something's if something's of interest to you, for me to then use it, I want to know how it works and final point so you go asking questions and you know explain that to me so you've kind of got it so it sinks into your head so you think I'm going to learn I'm going to um, remember that so that's where the curiosity comes and I think I think there's lots of coaches like that they just want to keep learning and although you think you know the game by now you just you don't you the more you know the less you seem to know if you know what I mean you just so much in front of you, you just think, I didn't realise that. So we just keep going in until, and it's keep yourself interested as well. I think, you know, if you're 
I'm, I'm not a full-time coach, so I'm not doing it day in, day out. But, you know, after 12 years, shall we say, 10, 12 years, you've got to keep yourself interested. So you want to find out new stuff else. If you're going through your emotions yourself, then you lose that love, don't you, to to want to do it and get out in the cold and, and you know, do things better. So that's the curiosity for me. The next thing that I was going to ask about is, so on Twitter, you have this hashtag Sunday share. So yeah. you've gone from like taking information in. Why now do you then like literally actually share it? And how did this, how did Sunday share even come to be? Right. Uh, the Sunday share. Okay. Well, it, listen, it wasn't, I mean, I, I've told the story a little bit in tweets and stuff, but it, it certainly wasn't by design. Um, there was no great light bulb moment of, you know what, let's do this thing and, and take it there. It was literally, um, the fact of the matter was, in February 21, we were in lockdown. I can't remember the exact stage of lockdown, but we weren't doing any football. So I think we were doing Zoom meetings with the kids. There was no good football allowed. So one Saturday, believe it or not, in February 21, I just had a drill. Twitter was fantastic then during lockdown for just going through. Even weren't doing any football, you were still talking football and opinions and stuff like that. So I just I've got a, I've got a, a load of drills that I've just laminated myself. So I put one on there and I thought I just I was bored really. I'll put one on Twitter. Here's a, a positional play game I think it was, um, and just and because it was a Saturday for some reason I just thought that's Saturday share. So I put the Saturday share couple of people liked it and this that and the other and that was that so then a week later or eight days later still in lockdown I did another drill and then it was the Sunday share hashtag Sunday share just for a rhyming thing really expected nothing of it a couple of people liked it and I think it was another week later I did another one and there's a chap called Rob Porter on Twitter you know may know Rob uh, very popular on Twitter. He then must have commented and said, you know what, I'll share one as well. And I think he, I said to him, well, just put that hashtag Sunday share on and then we'll do that. And it kind of just went from him doing it and joining me. And then we did it the next week and he did another one and somebody else did it. And it kind of went from there, really. But it wasn't by design to do anything. It was just boredom in lockdown just to get some conversations going, some opinions going. And from there, it just kind of went from there and then people started to join us and stuff like that and, and, and post stuff and, or just comment on it or retweet it. So it kind of went from there and before we knew it, well, before I knew it, it was a weekly thing and it just kind of went from there really. And it just kind of took off to a certain extent there and then it became too big in the end for me, because it was me on my own on a Sunday, spending like 18 hours just trawling through Twitter, trying to keep up with it and um, stuff like that. So um, yeah, it wasn't any great design. It just kind of, it kind of took off then. And then everybody, loads of people joining me every week. And um, it kind of went from there and it kind of took a, took a life of its own and, and, went, and went on and, and then became what it is now. Um, 
And in, in the story of it was that we must have come out of lockdown and gone back to the football. And then I think I carried on through the summer and then we started the next season at the August or September. But it was just taking too much of my time to just, there was hundreds of them. Honestly, it was, I was sitting there for like an hour and blocks just, you know, because the whole idea was to make it work. I had to comment on every single Sunday share or retweet it because that got people, that got people's name out there, or not name out there, but it just spread it out there. And I think one of the ideas of the Sunday share was that, you know, that people like to get likes, you know, we all want to get likes, don't we, numbers and stuff. So I had to comment on every one. I put a little, um, yeah, great drill, love this one and, and retweet it. And then they'd get, and I'd look back and they'd get good numbers. And that, that means it would come back again and, and share again. So, um, but yeah, by the, the, the end of the September, it was just too much. It just taken over me Sundays. Now we were trying to play Sundays. Um, I'm, you know, I'm my wife and I've got two kids, obviously. My head was in, in hashtag Sunday share land. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just, it kind of got away from me a little bit. So, um, I tried to stop it then. I just, I just tweeted one time. That's the end. It's, you know, it's taken it. I didn't think it'd carry on on its own, but I was going to leave it to its own devices, shall we say. Um, so I kind of tweeted that. And then, I mean, when I said that I was going to end, I got, you know, some fantastic comments, you know, brilliant. And I've loved it. And, you know, a couple of people said, oh, you've got to carry on. And, and then a couple of bizarrely, a couple of people contacted me and almost wanted to take it off my hands, you know, because it would got such a good name for itself. And I was like, well, hang on a minute, that's mine. I kind of got a bit territorial and a bit like, well, hang on a minute. So I thought about it. And then from there, Peter Prickett, you know, Peter, the bearded coach. Uh, he does all the three, three versus three books. He's, he's now one of the admin on the on the, the Sunday Share. We had a conversation, and he was saying, "You can't stop it, Lee. It's, it's you're the you're the first person that's done this, and it's stuck, and it's you know it's continued, and it's people have bought into it." And I said, "I, I just haven't got the time. It's just too." He said, "Well, what about if you got some help?" And I went, oh, "Okay. What do you mean by that?" He said, "What happens if?" two or three of us did it and we shared the workload I went right okay well that sounds okay so from there and we, we gave it its own home there which was like September last year so Peter Prickett uh, Rob Porter joined us and then I asked Hannah Duncan um, so we thought we'd get, we'd get a female on there because trying to get some more female coaches sharing with us and joining so then we did it and I think we launched it about September last year and uh, even the first day when we did it, my phone was going nuts and uh, people following us. And I think now, last couple of weeks ago, we ticked over to 10,000 followers in just in just over that year. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of carried on. We did it and then we did in February this year, it was like the first anniversary. And, um, I thought, you know, let's let's do something just to celebrate it. In fact, it's made it to a year, so we, we had a load of prizes. I got a, some very kind people donated some stuff, so we almost had a, we had a giveaway of books, bazooka goals, 
um, all you know, all sorts of stuff that went on. So that we kind of did that not to get not to get any more followers. The whole idea of it, we're not here to get followers. It's just we're just custodians of it, and people just follow us as it goes. So we um, we got a load more followers then, but that wasn't the idea, and the, that's not the idea now. Really. It just kind of people just keep jumping on with us. So uh, ten thousand is just like crazy that it's got to that sort of size. Uh, but it's 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 a tough gig to keep it going. But it takes four of you to do it because it's such a busy day. So 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 kind of looking forward. Uh, you got Miles here growing up, and he's going to go off and do whatever. What what is ahead for Lee? Like, do you start focusing on this? You know, share Sunday and, and Sunday share, and, and keep growing it. Maybe it ends up with a YouTube channel or on website or something like that or um are you going to continue to coach and focus on that or if the miles goes and plays you just step back and become the dad and sit on the sidelines like what's in five ten years what's lee got ahead for him a great question uh, great questions um there for the sunday share i honestly don't know where it's going to end up and what and if there's any direction on it it's, there's no real great master plan for sure uh, we were I was um, we had uh, one of the great things we did on this the FA the FA England learning um, website they started to join us on the Sunday share which which was like a proper like wow moment you know the FA would put on and, and put the Sunday share in there and we were like that? wow this is you know that was a real marker for us so and they still continue to do it and um, you know it's great that they continue to do it, and it's now giving them the chance to get to loads more—not loads more coaches, but just to get people to get far more traction on their Sunday share posts than I think they do on any other the posts. And so, I, I during the, this summer I was in talks with a person from the FA to we were going to try and get an FA uh, a Sunday share meetup where. Um, and, and involved with the FA, we were going to try and we we're going to try. It's not dead in the water, but we we're going to try and do it at St George's Park, where England train. That we we're going to try and do it there, and then kind of invite or ask people to come. Um, we wanted to do it because everything on the Sunday share is free, so we wanted to do it where it wasn't going to cost anybody. We just we had to control the numbers, so that's something that we might do. But literally, honestly, I, I don't know where it's going to end up. Um, it's there's certainly no design, no design to make money from it or do anything else. I think everybody that's involved with it now, uh, there's Mark Lyons, Carl Wilde, Rob, Peter, myself. I think we're just happy as it is, just keep it ticking over. And they've all got, all everybody that's involved is busy with normal life and work and football. So that's it for the Sunday share. We'll get to the second birthday and we'll, we'll kind of see. So we'll just see with that. That will just just go on and why people want to do it, I think. Um, and as for, I can't see myself stopping coaching. Miles will get to, um, when they, when they finish under 18, when he goes into men's football, I'll see what he wants to do. And I'll see if he wants me involved and if he wants me involved then I'll get involved with whatever team or whatever level he goes to. Um, you know, I think that's his plan, he loves his football, so uh, God knows when I'll finish. Um, I'll go I'll go till he tells me, Dad, I 
think I think uh, it's time for you to take a step back and uh, get from the sideline. So I don't know. We'll just continue. Just you know, get on with it and see where he wants to go. Um, but it'll be where he goes, what level he wants to go, where he wants to play. If it's a if it's a, a pub team or a park team, I mean, I'm hoping he'll play at a reasonable level. So. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go if he if he wants me to go. I'll go there. So that'll be the plan for that uh, with him. Lee, this chat has been awesome. I'm gonna go ahead and shut it down. This is Karen with Coach's Corner Chats with Lee Cosgrove. Hashtag Sunday Share, and I'm out. Peace. Here's Karen. Thank you.